0: Hello and welcome to the total entertainment podcast with me paul collis and today we're going to take a look at young blood at the cardiff international arena and today's show is a seven truck show with five tour buses and um, it is a bit of an interesting build it's a they have a build day because it's the start of the tour so uh, the latter part of the uh, of this podcast will be from tomorrow with the actual show day but at present we're going to take a look at what's going in at the moment so currently they've got the lighting bars under construction on stage and all the points with their uh, chain winches are all down at at present it looks like all the lighting trusses on the stage are bolted together ready to go up and they're starting to flash through the lights and they look like the first bar LX1 is just a whole bank of LED strobe floods possibly some LED trims on there I can't tell from now in fact it does look like that because it is um, dolly trusses and when I say dolly trusses that is uh, basically a load of truss a load of truss sections on wheels uh, so they can ramp stuff up and down easier and because a lot of the units on there they can they could actually stay on there I don't know if they're gonna uh, take the uh, wheel sections off but we shall find out soon enough and second and third bars are oh uh, yeah again LED strobe floods and LED profile units possibly some wash units although it's too early to tell because all the bars are down and obscure obscuring vision I don't know if there's an LED screen at the back or if there's going to be a backdrop as of yet because there's nothing there in position and you also have a front house truss that is in an arc and we're waiting for that to be uh, finished construction and that will be flowing up obviously in the audience there is also a set of trusses that are going to be hung above the mixer and. They're currently rigging the points in as we speak, but the trusses haven't been built yet. They're just on their dollies waiting to be put together. I don't know if there's going to be a B stage underneath them in front of the mixer or if they are designed to shine onto the stage, but we shall see soon enough. Currently, the line arrays are under construction and same with the uh, subs, so we're not even going to go into that anytime soon it is a partially seated show so the seats the seat and tiers at the back of the arena floor are open use so anyone can basically go and sit down there when they want to and that is all i can tell you from the build so far there will be more updates as we go on in this podcast so whilst we're out waiting we're going to take a look at the background behind youngblood Dominic Richard Harrison, born fifth of August, nineteen ninety-seven, known professionally as Youngblood, pronounced Youngblood. I say Young. It's my dialect. It's Youngblood. As a... Anyways, I'm not even going to go into that. (laughs) So. He is an English singer, musician, songwriter and actor. In 2018, he released his first EP, Youngblood, followed shortly after by the album, 21st Century Liability. In 2019, he released another EP, The Underrated Youth. His second album, Weird, was released in late 2020 and peaked at the top of the UK album chart and reached number 75 on the US Billboard 200. His self-titled third studio album, was released in September 2020 and also reached number one in the UK Albums Chart as well as number 45 on the Billboard 200 and number 7 on the US Top Rock Albums Chart. Harrison was born in Doncaster, South Yorkshire to Samantha and Justin Harrison. He has two younger sisters, Gemma and Isabel. Harrison was diagnosed with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder or ADHD at a young age which made him a troublesome student. He was suspended from Ackwith School after a dare from his friend to Moon, his mathematics teacher. Harrison stated that he was an opinionated child and felt that his energetic nature was often misunderstood. He studied at arts educational schools in London. Before beginning his music career, Harrison was an actor, appearing on the TV series Emmerdale and The Lodge. I believe he only appeared on one episode of Emmerdale. As a bit part. On the 24th of March, 2018, Youngblood attended the March for Our Lives rally, a student-led demonstration rally against gun violence. He he live-streamed the event. On the 30th of May 2020, he attended the George Floyd protest for Black Lives Matter in California. He and Halsey helped give first aid to some of the protesters. In September 2021, Youngblood was among several singer-songwriters who expressed opposition to the Texas Heartbeat Act and banned abortion in Texas after around six weeks of pregnancy. Stating that the right to your body is yours and yours alone, it makes me sick and it makes me really disgusted that people sit there and take away the choice that they take away the rights. On the 24th of September 2022, during his performance at the Firefly Music Festival in Dover, Delaware, Youngblood spoke about the death of, Mar- of Marsha Ayman and expressed his support for the resulting protests and civil unrest in Iran. Howson cites rock, pop, and hip-hop artists such as Arctic Monkeys and Alex Turner, The Beatles, The Cure, and Robert Smith, Nirvana, Avril Lavigne, The Clash, Soundgarden, My Chemical Romance, Marilyn and Lady Gaga, Lord, Post Malone, Kanye West, Eminem, and Katy Perry as his influences in august 2018 youngblood tweeted that he suffered from insomnia in february 2020 he spoke to the evening standard and said that he had attempted suicide twice after going through a series of positive and negative events in his career well hopefully he's got some people to express himself to within his team and hopefully he isn't um, exploited by uh, by the industry for that well we can only hope We can only hope that he's got a good management team behind him. Anyways, he described himself as sexually fluid in an interview with Attitude in August 2019. In another interview with the magazine in December 2020, he described himself as pansexual and polyamorous. He was in a relationship with American singer Halsey for for several months. She confirmed the breakup in October 2019. Almost a year later on Jesse Ware's Table Manners podcast in November 2020, Youngblood said that they broke up because they worked better as friends. Since July 2021, he has been dating American singer and fashion designer Jesse J. Stark. And his discography is "21st Century Liability" in 2018, "Weird" in 2020, and "Young Blood" in 2022. He was in a, sh- he was in a uh, short movie called "Lonely Together," and he was also in a movie called "Mars," a short movie. Uh, on TV, he did "Emmerdale," as I said earlier on, for one episode. The Lodge in 2016 playing a guy called Oz for six episodes and he was on TV from the top Olympians and rock stars, and he was uh, in an episode called Sky Brown and Youngblood. Right so let's go on to his supporting artist Neck Deep. So Neck Deep are Welsh pop punk from Wrexham in Wales, formed in 2012. Founded after vocalist Ben Barlow met former lead guitarist Lloyd Roberts, the pair posted a song what did you expect online under the name of Neck Deep? The song soon gained attention online, resulting in the addition of rhythm guitarist Matt West, drummer Danny Washington uh, Abassi and bassist Phil Thorpe Evans. They released a pair of EPs, Rain in July in 2012 and The History of Bad Decisions in 2013, both recorded by Barlow's older brother before before signing with Hopeless in August 2013. Following the release of their debut album Wishful Thinking in January 2014, the band became a full-time project. With the band members leaving their jobs and/or dropping out of university courses shortly after the release of their second album, Life Is Not Out to Get You, in August 2015, Roberts left the band due to allegations of sexual misconduct, which he subsequently found to have no case to answer. And Sam Bolden, formerly of Climates and Youth and Blood Youth, joined in his place. That's a bit of a horrible thing, you know. Someone accusing him and There was nothing happened and he lost out on his career. (sighs) He should start his own band. The group's third album, Peace and the Panic, was released in August 2017 and debuted at number four on the US Billboard 200. In September 2018, Thorpe Evans left the band to pursue a solid career as a producer. In 2019 the band embarked on a summer tour with Blink 182 as the opening act. By February 2020, the band added longtime collaborator and bassist Seb Barlow as an official member, plus later that month revealed an app with all sorts of multimedia regarding the announcement of their fourth album titled All Distortions Are Intentional, released on the 24th of July. Neck Deep is a pop-punk band, their sound has been described as being reminiscent of Blink-182, New Found Glory, the, the Wonder Years, Green Day and Decidence. And Vocalist Ben Barlow has stated a day to remember and architects as a massive influence on the band. The early Fallout Boy work and some 41 have also been cited as influencers. Neck Deep has had two music kits included a Counter-Strike Global Offensive. The Life Is Not Out To Get You music kit was released on the 8th of November 2016. The Low Life Pack music kit was released on the 18th of March in 2021. The Low Life Pack music kit includes selections from all distortions are intentional. So current members are Ben Barlow on lead vocals, Matt West on rhythm guitar, Sam Bowden on lead guitar, Seb Barlow on bass guitar and backing vocals For, and former members are Lloyd Roberts on lead guitar, Phil Thorpe Evans on bass guitar, Joshua Haley on bass guitar, Danny Washington on drums and touring members to help support the band are Hannah Greenwood on backing vocals, Saxel Rhodes on saxophone and Matt Poles on drums and their discography is which we'll think in 2014 life's not out to get you in 2015 the peace and the panic in 2017 and all distortions are intentional in 2020. right let's get back to the build then so now it's about three hours after uh, I last checked in and we have had significant progress so the mixer position has been uh, partially built it just hasn't been mojoed but they but they get on that soon enough so you have various different platforms within the mixer position and uh, everything's as tightly packed as physically possible so on the uh, higher tiers of the uh, of the mixer position you have some uh, heavy GE uh, projectors stacked on top of each other and to the side of each other and these are probably going to be Christie LED projectors so really powerful ones and on the next platform down next to those projectors is the camera position and then in front of uh, those two plinths uh, two, uh, you then got the main lighting, sound and AV uh, control desks there is no truss going, uh, well there's no truss or B stage in the mixer area now the truss that they are rigging up together in that area is basically a feeder truss so basically they can send all the data lines back to the stage well if they've done that rather than have it in the duct well that's because the uh, duct underneath the uh, arena floor is full so they've had to do it this way and keep and also keep AV completely separate from uh, lighting, sound and power. Now all the trusses are up on the stage even the front of the house truss that's all up in the air now and it's all flashing through lovely at the back of the stage, so up stage, you have some of these dolly trusses which are basically rigged on top of each other and you have four tiers of those basically making a wall out of the lights but not you know so not fully walled there are uh, gaps in between and that's the design of the uh, trusses So they're just all bolted together and flown up via the uh, top truss bar at the top of the bar- at the uh, back of the stage you have a couple of sidebars that are uh, slung underneath each other with a few uh, moving lights on there which are going to be profiles i believe and we and that is about it so far lighting wise They're currently putting all the stuff onto the stage, so band horizons and uh, band sections and the subs are just about in position but they've not been plumbed in yet and they've left the gap to the side of the stage so they can get the last few bits on via the forklift trucks. So line arrays you've got 2 wide and 10 deep and set 45, set a little bit back at 45 degrees outwards and uh, 6 deep are another set of uh, line arrays for the surround sound effect. Subwise at the front of the stage we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 subs at the front of the stage. So that's going to be very, very meaty and that is it so far and I'm sure we'll get one more update before we get the uh, before we get on to how the actual show went. So, it's the second day of uh, Young Bloods in the Cardiff International Arena. I want to say second day. The first day was the main build day, and today is show day. Although, we are going to have a full dress rehearsal because this will be the open night of the tour and they want to make it look absolutely perfect. And earlier on yesterday, you went, when I assumed that there would be a B stage because of the rigging above the mixer, there is actually a B stage it's like uh, six foot away from the main stage and it's a cube i say a cube it's a big square that's look that looks like a toilet floor and why do i say like a toilet floor well that is because on top of this b stage is a grimy looking toilet as though they got the inspiration from the uh, movie train spotting it looks gross obviously it's not actually gross it's just painted to be gross and what they've done is the mojo barrier uh for the pit uh is built normally until it gets to pretty much the center stage where it tapers in then out and around the cube at an angle so it's like a diamond shape and back and then tapers back in and and go and completes the normal work uh, of mojo so it looks like a big old spearhead at the uh, that comes out of the uh, pit barrier. So it's looking good actually, it really is. Um, Mojo is near enough completely yet put into position and also I've noticed that there is some big steel, well I'd say steel, it's ironmongery as part of the set upstage. And what do I mean by that? Well it looks like bridge girders, uh, going from the bottom of the stage to the top of the stage and in an arc in uh, according with the same degree of angle on the trusses above head so they've obviously flown a truss down to support that structure it looks good it looks good now hopefully once it's finished uh, being lit you'll actually see some up lights and those giving off some nice shadowy effects we can only hope right so now that's all done we will take a look at the show itself. So neck deep, the uh, house lights went down and an chubby can and then some blue LED strobe floods that are on the floor came on as uh, neck deep walked on and then a little bit of that uh, face light was added uh, from the sides from the LED piles up on the floor and the band began to play. So lighting wise, Neck Deep had a tickle of face light from the AD PARs downstage left and downstage right, and a tickle of front wash from the front house bar. They also had a bank of AD strobe floods uh, one stage left, one stage right, and one center stage behind the drum kit. And on top of uh, each uh, bank of uh, LED strobe floods, you had a uh, small bank of AD profile units and these were all satin dollies so they could wheel them on and off of the stage uh, to help speed up the uh, get in and get out for being in the support band anyways the lighting uh, just changed from song to song there was nothing ma- amazingly brilliant about it it was just um, washes and a little bit of strobe and that was about it so a nice bit of flash and trash the um, the ad uh, profiles was focus into some tight narrow beams they were in banks of four so you had point you had the uh, profiles pointing 45 degrees outwards uh, from the side of the stage that they were on and the one behind the drum riser was also pointing directly flat out at 45 degrees up as well so you just had a nice little uh, blink of light and it looked okay it did what it had to do and uh, that was to make it look bright and you could see people on stage. Now sound wise we were definitely t- treated to a 22 carat gold standard for the clarity and you could hear all the distinction between all of the instruments vocals and BVs without any strain now performance wise I thought Neck Deep did really well they had an audience they had the audience all the way from the start through to the finish and the audience was singing, dancing and moshing along all through the, throughout the whole set and also when they uh, stopped for a bit of patter, they were the audience were also hanging off of every word that was being said, which, yeah, again, that that just goes to show how charismatic the band were, and they actually were very charismatic. From listening to Neck Deep for the first time, they just reminded me about the style and feel of the old um, Tony Hawk's Gator games. If you if you are old enough to remember those on the PlayStation One, the PlayStation One, yeah. <laughs> and playstation to it as well actually but it just had that feel to it like it was definitely uh skater music and there's nothing wrong with that i used to love that stuff um you know if i remember the game and used to play the game and although i never went to a skate park because there wasn't any skate parks when i was growing up anyways i digress and i do I do feel that Neck Deep have a lot of longevity about them, especially with the raw energy they had on stage. And they did have a lot of energy. They were darting around, jumping around, uh, at one point quite frantically, and still, Andy was still singing really good as well. One thing that I would say with Neck Deep being a Welsh band, vocally he sounded American when he was singing, which I don't know. I'm from the school of thought of he should sing it as himself, not an American. And there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with sounding like an American or fitting in within that style. But, I don't know, I just feel like maybe he would have a even better performance by singing in his native dialect, maybe. I don't know, it's one of those, uh, what, you know, it's one of those little situations where... Uh, you just gotta play it how it is and if they got more interest by singing in american style then they got more interested by it playing and singing in american style but other than that they were very good and i did think that there's a lot of similarity between uh, neck deep and uh, summer 41 and that's not a bad thing yet again but it does feel like a revival of the uh, late 1990s and early 2000s uh, Indie uh, rock uh, Movement And I do actually hope that they continue to trend Because it was a good uh, Music scene back then and I hope that It gets brought back Thank you for listening to today's podcast If you've enjoyed today's podcast please hit like Subscribe and share If you haven't already done so want to check out more content from Master X Media By clicking the link in the description below And we should catch you next time Bye for now so young blood. so the house lights went down and there was an image of rain being projected onto the front kabuki and then the rain after a few minutes and you also heard the sound effects of the rain it morphed into an animated silhouette of a man that sounds like queen lyrics anyways and that man then morphed into a winged gargoyle and then the Kabuki dropped and Youngblood started up with a burst of flames from uh, the front of the uh, stage. Lighting wise, now we had a lot of flash and trash and it was organised flash and trash. It wasn't random, it was always in line with the music. So whenever they took the uh, flashing from uh, the bass lines and the tempo of the, uh, of the songs that were being played. Um, and you also had a psychorama which was lost uh, halfway through the show actually Uh, and behind the uh, psychorama was a load of the AD strobe floods and that was uh, when the psychorama was up that was backlit sometimes subtly sometimes uh, starkly just to give nice shapes and shades and uh, Soft uh, and even at some point, soft uh, washes within with uh, from behind the uh, from behind that kabuki, and it just had an and it had a nice feel about it. And there are lots of AD strobe floods, uh, which just made up lots of different ways of lighting the stage. So uh, they would flood part of the stage with uh, color from the AD strobe floods, whilst other ones were used to. Uh, Strobe on stage and other ones are used to uh, throw straight into the audience So and yeah, most of the show was wash after wash after wash and they just punched all the emphasis with the uh, LED yet strobe floods and the LED profiles all in tight narrow beams as well crisscrossing the stage and it worked. It really really did work and I'll go on to the B stage uh, in a bit um a little bit later on when it when I get onto it but it looks good it really did I mean yeah there wasn't any real intricacy within the lighting but you don't need intricacy for a show like this it is a rock show and yes you get a lot of intricate rock shows as well but he just wants to be seen and that's it and like the shit lights the uh, and like the audience and uh, to help bring them into part of the show as well so it did work, and also uh, there was near enough constant flames on stage. So either uh, units that were just spitting up fireballs after fireballs, which are at the front of the stage, or uh, you had um, controlled flames uh, at the back of the stage, uh, in, and in amongst uh, the rocks, the synthetic rocks that they had within the stage, and the bins and whatnot, to make it just look like little tidy bonfires and it looked good it did look really impressive and very well planned and for the first show it just looked really really well you know we just had a real feel about it like they planned this down to the T and it really really paid off now sound-wise, yet again we had a nice crisp 22 karat gold standard in the clarity and the volume wasn't excessive at all uh, the most it peaked and that was in the pit was 118 decibels so on average volume wise definitely an average volume wise show but you could hear every little intricacy within all the instruments and and all the vocals and uh, at places the backing vocals as well so very well mixed show and uh, I totally enjoyed that recording. It was just quite pleasant on the ears. From yeah, I've not seen any uh, Young Blood shows. I've not even heard any of his music until today. And for me, it seemed to be um, an interesting one to say the least, but interesting in a good way. Would I go out my way to listen to Young Blood? Probably not. But I'd listen to it on the radio if he's play if he's playing. And so, performance-wise, how how was it? Well, from start to finish, we had a high-octane performance from Young Blood, with constant darting around the stage, and his band were constantly animated, and were enjoying themselves uh, on stage. And at one, yeah, you know, and at one point, <laughs> he Young Blood uh, he uh, got a drink and then just hurled it across the stage and into the audience, as you do, and. You had a stage manager dart onto the stage with a, a tower to mop up the spillage on the floor. Because uh, they just didn't want him, young blood to fall over while he's darting around so much. And that was mopped up in the background when he was stationary at the front of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite an interesting thing to see. And although I doubt many people would have noticed that even happened. But I noticed that stuff because I look out for stuff like that. I do feel that like Youngblood was definitely the, show, the showman tonight and he had the audience just marching um, on command so yeah, not only were they marching on command they were singing, they were dancing he He'll would say hello, they would scream back at him um, and from start to finish from my uh, observation and control point in the arena, which is surrounded by glass and walls you could hear the girls screaming just outside, really, really loud. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely, definitely, yeah, uh, lived up to his uh, reputation of being a showman. Now, at one point, he claimed, at one point, young blood climbed climbed up on the moj area just before he was about to go onto the B stage, and <laughs> he had security just grasping onto his trousers. Like you know, like as uh, a big tug of war with the fans was go- was possibly going to happen, so they had to stop him from uh, getting pulled over the barrier. And it wasn't a bad pulling over. It's like the girls uh, just wanted to touch him. You know, it's young blood, I got to have him. I got to have him. So, but then security just like, no, nope, you're not having him. You're not having him. So they pulled him back down, and he and the audience just loved it. They were going mad at that point they're mad about it then the lights went down into a blackout and the stage team put on a toilet and a sink onto the b stage where and when the lights come up young blood was sat on the toilet so lighting wise for the b stage you had a couple of the uh, of the robo spots from from the front house uh, lighting bar on to him You had another Robo spot that was on the uh, little lighting truss above the mixer just so they are giving him three points of lighting and he was seen throughout uh, from in the round so very that is very much the way to light in the round I've done it a few times myself and it's just a skill that you just rarely get to use and when you get to use it you relish it also, the uh, B stage had a load of upward uh, LED uh, LED trims, and that was about it lighting-wise. They didn't need much more on there. Oh, and also, I suppose you had the LED straight floods on the, the front of house bars, just shining into the audience, anyways. Now, at one point, so uh, on the second song, I believe, or is it the third song? Because there's there's five songs on the toilet, and. Uh, <laughs> someone threw their boxer shorts at him from the audience and he held them up put them against himself and he's like nah it's not gonna quite fit because they're big uh, <laughs> and then young blood uh, had a look around and saw this uh, young lad right up against the mojo so he had security pull him over and bring him up on stage they had a little bit of a chat and he got reunited back with his parents so yeah very very much the showman and uh I'm definitely looking after his fans. And I will say this uh, before I move off. Uh, before I move on to the end of this, um, at one point, Young Blood actually stopped the show himself because he saw someone having a uh, fit in the audience just by the Mojo uh, stage uh, right, and he stopped the he stopped the show. So. You, so we could put the lights up and get security to clear the crowd. So we can get the medical team to him. Uh, and that's a good thing. That is a really good thing that he cares about his audience that much. He, he was willing to stop his own show and do it. And to make the show fit in just before curfew. He uh, cut a song out because of that. And that's the right thing to do. He definitely made the right call in that one. And, and that I highly respect uh, when a uh, musician or a band does that because they don't have to they can uh, still let security and uh, and everyone else do it in the dark but no he's like you know what I'm going off stage so uh, people can clear out the ways to help this person and then well once um, the person was evacuated from the crowd and taken to the medical room who I may add did very well and didn't need to go home in an ambulance they they were fine after the uh, seizure finished and whatnot and they recuperated so yeah that was good that's just how it should be you know fortunately it wasn't a hospital job anyways I'll go back to where I was uh, before I went over that so the uh, B stage uh, ended with um, Youngblood with the lights down And a light come on inside the toilet so he lifted up the toilet seat, pulled out a cigarette and a lighter, lit it and pulled out a book and sat on the toilet whilst a uh, projection and VT was up um, and he was pretending, well he was reading from the book but the uh, VT had his voice over and whatnot. And uh, I thought that was a nice theatrical touch to it, uh, that does go back to his theatrical roots from being an actor as well. And as I said, it just added to be him being a showman. Right at the end of the set on the B stage, he was handed an umbrella, moved centre stage of the B stage, and a water cascade just come down and engulfed the stage in a nice little bit of rain. And then he handed the umbrella back to the uh, security in the blackout that followed and the show resumed on the main stage this show for me was full of theatrics full of high-octane performance and fire effects and you cannot go wrong with a fire effect especially if it looks amazing which it did I do believe that Youngblood had a really good set and for me not being a fan I did actually enjoy looking at that show from just the sheer energy that you put into it and if you were a fan in the audience you definitely got your money's worth there if you've enjoyed today's podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so you want to check out more content from us media by clicking the link in the description below and we should catch you next time bye for now